You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Today I have with me not only a Summit Properties Northwest real estate broker, but also a Reynolds and Klein real estate appraiser. He's been on the front lines out appraising homes throughout the entire time of the coronavirus during the initial stages and hasn't missed a beat. It also happens to be his birthday today, so we are doing a birthday podcast. Welcome to the show, Kiernan Reynolds. Kiernan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what is going on out there? Let us know. Tell us, tell us what people are thinking when you go into their homes to do an appraisal. First off, uh, pleasure to be here, Sean. Thank you. Um, birthday. Oh, and also, birthday. also, Kiernan is my son. Just, just to throw that out there. Sean, had happy me, birthday, son. Sean had me 27 years ago. Um, what an end to one of the most horrific months we've had in quite some time, huh? Um, no kidding yeah so in the heat of all the corona nonsense um yeah for me i mean work has really ramped up here the past few months with the low interest rates um a lot of refinances a lot of home equity lines of credit taken out Uh, so a lot of appraisals coming in through the door and on top of that uh you know, the average age of the of an appraiser is probably 65 plus. So a lot of kind of middle age to older age appraisers. And I think they're pretty freaked out with what's going on with the corona. They don't want to, you know, risk themselves health wise. So I think the volume of appraisals is going to, you know, the younger appraisers. And just in general, there's not a lot of appraisers. A lot of those people that I just mentioned, the older generation has been retiring over the past you know, decade or so. So been extremely busy. Um, in terms of people and their perception of me coming into their house, nothing too crazy yet. I mean, a few instances I've had to wear gloves, wear a mask, etc. but nothing too crazy. All the tenants that I've met with were, have been pretty relaxed about the whole thing. And quite frankly, a lot of these people just don't really seem to understand the severity of Corona. They're just kind of acting like everything's okay, kind of not respecting that six foot physical distance. Um, So I've kind of just been very careful when I've been out on these inspections, not trying to get too close to people, not touching a lot of surfaces, etc. But in terms of you know, appraising, it's been extremely busy, which is, for me, it's been kind of weird because everybody's kind of been at home, you know, working, whether it's part-time or whatever they're doing, reduced workload. I've just completely ramped up the past couple months. And now I, I finally understand what it feels like to like absolutely grind and just, just absolutely go for it and just work pretty much around the clock and it's, it's made me really value my time a lot more because when I've got open time, like I, I just barely have open time anymore because I'm working, you know, so relentlessly. Um, and it, it's by choice. I don't have to accept all these orders and I don't have to do as many orders as I do, but I, you know, I might as well take it while it's hot. It's not going to be here forever. So... Yeah. So, so tell us, we hear a lot of stuff about how Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have 
I got to look up at this camera. So tell us, so we hear a ton of stuff, Karen, about how Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have, released the, have relaxed the standards for appraisals, how you can do desktops, how you can do drive-bys, exterior onlys. How many exterior only and how many desktop appraisals have you done over the last couple of weeks when we've had the stay-at-home order in place? Well, the average person would think that I've done a bunch of those, right? Yeah, But I correct. have done zero. Zero. I, I You've had, done none. Tell I've us about none. that. Um, so, yeah, obviously due to corona, a lot of homeowners don't want people coming in their house to you know protect their health and whatnot. So Fannie Mae has kind of reduced the stringent guidelines of a, of a normal appraisal report and gone to... You know the desktop appraisal which you just talked about which is no inspection at all just from your desktop or laptop or you know an exterior only it's the classic fannie mae implementation of a new set of guidelines that basically at least every lender in washington and the lenders that we deal with they just reject any of those kind of um new implementations the lenders just, they're not going to lend on something that isn't a full report, essentially, at least for the business that we're doing. Right. So so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have loosened the standards, but it basically doesn't apply to 99% of the loans that are taking place out there. I've got yeah. a separate, I've got a separate video that we did late last week that we're releasing now on kind of exactly what's happening with appraisals and... So you're out just doing full inspection after full inspection. What's that like when you walk up to somebody's home? Kind of, are they freaked out? Are they okay? Are they they letting you in? Are you wearing gloves? What kind of precautions are you taking when you're going into somebody's home right now? I've I've got gloves in the car. I've got masks in the car. Um, if if the tenant or the homeowner asks me to wear those up front, then I will. Otherwise, I'm kind of just going in. I'll use some hand sanitizer before I go in. I'll do the inspection. You know, maybe I'll tell the homeowner, hey, can you open up all the doors for me so I don't have to touch a lot of surfaces. I go in, you know, try to make it as quick as possible while still, you know, doing my job. And then I'll use hand sanitizer after. Try not to, you know, engage with the people for that long and, you know, respect that six foot physical boundary. Um, but I mean, no, I, I had an inspection on this past Thursday, probably a two and a half to $3 million Queen Anne home. And, you know, I, I, I'm always just expecting the worst from the homeowner in terms of like, oh, you can't come in, you can't do this. Uh, but on Thursday, yeah, Queen Anne home, homeowner opens the door. I said, Hey, like, you know, I'll be on the exterior for just a few minutes here. Uh, am I okay to check out the inside? She's like, oh, like, yeah, why wouldn't you be? I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know how people are going to react in this environment. And she's like, oh, oh, I, I totally forgot. I totally forgot. And it's just kind of like that's that's almost more of the standard reaction than it, it is. That is the standard reaction that I've gotten. Not, oh, you can't come in. You can't do this. So I think these people are looking at it like, oh, it's just one guy coming in to see my property and they don't even, you know, wrap their head around the bigger picture of 
that I've been into a lot of places and I've probably touched a lot of things and that I could maybe contaminate them, you know, if I have Corona. I don't think right. pe- people are wrapping their head around that. They're just thinking, oh, it's one guy. It'll be super quick. It'll be fine. So haven't done a single desktop appraisal. Haven't done an exterior only. I've done one exterior only for, you know, a property out in Bothell due to the health circumstances of the homeowner. But other than that, the the exterior only inspections and the desktop appraisals are nightmares for appraisers because you don't have... You are trying to piece together the entire information of what the condition of the property is, what the bedroom bath count is, the tax records aren't always correct. So the appraiser is just trying to find all the pieces to what this property actually is. And even after you get all those pieces aligned, you still don't really know what what the home is. And right. so, so the, the interior inspections are vital to appraisals and and for the, these lenders to have that kind of comfort of mind of, hey, we're going to lend on this. Yeah, without an interior inspection, you are guessing on a lot of things. Condition of the home, has it been torn apart? Is it in good shape? Has it been updated? Is it in you know just average shape? All those things you find out from going inside. And if you don't go inside, you're taking a guess. So all, so we kind of figure on the appraisal end that if we aren't going in, we have to put in just as much work trying to confirm all this information versus if we just walk through and go go on the inside of the home. Have you gotten to anybody's front door and they've said, yeah, no, you can't come in? Uh, yeah, just to touch on your last point there, Sean, it's probably more work for the appraiser to do a desktop only or extra right. only. It's just more, more work, work. And, and it's a headache. Yeah. I've heard it's, that from a and, lot of appraisers. And so I think, I think, I think all, most of the appraisers that I've talked to, they're trying to avoid those kind of with the desktop appraisal or the exterior only, because it's just such a unknown in terms of what the property condition is and all those features that you just mentioned. But right. You're guessing. Yeah. Um, so I had one inspection last week where the wife did not want me to come in. Um, the, the husband was fine, said, you know, I I have no issue. My wife just doesn't want you to come in. Um, so I did the exterior only, or I did an exterior only inspection. I inspected the garage. I confirmed the main level, um, dimensions and square footage. Um, but the guy had done a, a massive renovation within the past year and a half and, you know, created an extra bathroom, you know, the conditions newer, the basement had been previously unfinished. Now it's, I assume it was fully finished. Um, but I've got a comment out to the AMC and lender to see what, how they want me to proceed with that one. But it may be one of those things where I have to go back out there at some point in the future but just do the complete the report now um, and then go back out there for a final inspection or whatever it is. Right. Maybe get photos of those areas you couldn't do. Get the report in, maybe follow up down the road with the other information and revise the report accordingly. But I think what people need to understand is we are so busy on the appraisal end. We don't have time to go back out. 
So if somebody sends us an appraisal order and it's got a bunch mm -hmm. of restrictions on it, things they want us to do, we're kind of on to the next order. That one either gets tossed or we don't respond to it. We're, we're only dealing with the orders that are in front of us that are easy to schedule. Are you prioritizing like vacant and new construction stuff? How are you kind of handling your scheduling? Um, well, yeah, so to answer, to further answer your uh, previous question, out of probably the 80 inspections I had, or 75 whatever inspections I've done over the past month, probably that, that one that I talked about, uh, so I've done two exterior onlys out of, out of 75 or whatever it is. You know, the corona's only ramped up here the past like week or so, so we'll see moving forward. Um, in terms of prioritizing my schedule, it's kind of just when I, whenever I can fit in something, I'll, I'll kind of do a geographic, if they're close and in proximity, I'll kind of lump them together. I try to, I try to piece together, you know, if I'm going to Seattle, I'll try to piece together a couple Seattle inspections. If I've got one up in Snohomish, I'll try to do a couple up there or what have you. And so also when I'm bidding on orders, if I, if I, you know, get a Snohomish order um, and, and I accept that and I schedule that and then another Snohomish order comes to the door, I, I might bid on that one as well. Maybe a little, a little lower on the fee that I normally would because I've already got an order up there and then I just try to you know, schedule the inspections. I'm pretty much doing inspections one after the other. These homeowners are just sitting at home, so they don't really have an issue with whenever you want to do it at this point. So, right, that's that's one of the few benefits of appraising in the coronavirus is everybody's at home. They have to be. Yeah. Have, have you run across anybody who has been sick and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming into your house? Have you had that scenario yet? No, no. Uh, everyone's seemed fairly healthy. Um, parents are pretty um, cautious when it comes to their children. I've had a couple, like, a, a, like the mom and the kid will kind of leave right before I get there, which is probably a smart idea. So some people will kind of vacate the property, but, and then I'll go through, do it, and then they'll come back. So Right. Right. Yep. I think one of the things that we're recommending for people to do is open the house up for the appraiser, have one person there, have one homeowner there, turn all the lights on, open all the doors so you don't have to touch anything. And that goes both ways. I think people need to understand that, that you are an appraiser. We don't want you to get sick. We also don't necessarily want the homeowner or their families to get sex. So as little touching and as little interaction as possible um, goes both ways. Have you felt that your safety has been at stake at all throughout this? Like, do you think to myself, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't go out there and go into these strangers' homes because I might get the virus? What, do, what, what are your thoughts? No, um, especially when the, for some reason, it just makes me more at mental ease when the home is, is newer construction or, a, you know, super nice condition. It, for some reason that puts me at ease. Whereas if I'm going to do maybe a duplex out in Ballard that has a bunch of tenants and it's kind of more dirty and whatnot, that puts me, I kind of get a little more anxious over that kind of property and the tenants kind of just don't really understand, 
you know, the severity of Corona, I don't think, or a lot of, a lot of people. Or they don't um, care. They don't care. But yeah, I, have, I haven't really felt uh, like my health has been endangered. You know, I, I try to just be really cautious and um, just haven't really had much of an issue so far. Right. You're also young. You're just 27 as of today. And you don't have any health issues. You don't have any respiratory issues. So I think that's in your favor as well. And like you said, a lot of appraisers are older and they do have health issues just because appraising is kind of a rough thing to do for 20, 30 years. It really takes its impact on you either being in front of, you know, behind the wheel of the car or in front of your computer and um, it's a tough go. So you yeah. you you kind of feel you felt okay with everything that's kind of been going on out there so far. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it is a risk going out there. I mean, I've talked to some homeowners where they've had you know their their septic tank was supposed to get pumped, and the guy just didn't show up because they're freaked out. You know, maybe windows are supposed to be replaced. Guys didn't want to come out, so. People are kind of taking it easy and not, you know, completing their job as much as they, their workload is a little bit reduced. Um, But I I haven't felt like my health has been endangered at any point. I'm probably more concerned with getting someone else, you know, contracted with the virus. Um, But I mean, I'm probably just going to keep moving forward as I just normally have been the past month. And just be super precautious with the whole thing, you know, not get super close to people, touch, you know, I'll, I'll probably start wearing gloves at, you know, more inspections here. Um, so you you have not been wearing gloves, you have not been wearing a mask, is that correct? I, I do if the homeowner asks me to, or if it's kind of like I said, like a more rundown property, or if it's, you know, the condition's not quite as good if there might be some contaminated surfaces. Um, Even though the virus is going to live on a nice surface just as well as a non-updated surface. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. That's the mental thing that I think we're all kind of struggling with is, ah, that over there doesn't look like it has the virus. But over there, it does. That's That's the difficult thing, and especially when you're going in and out of homes, that's a tricky thing to kind of work your head around. Even with the vacant homes, like you'll go into a vacant home and it's kind of like, ah, like no one's here. So that's good. But like, who knows who has been there? Stuff has been sitting for a while. So. And the virus can live on hard surfaces for quite a while. It can live on soft surfaces for a little while. You just don't know. That's the thing. It's microscopic. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've probably been exposed to it just as much as, as anybody else. What's amazing is you've been out in the public a ton. You've been going into people's homes. Your younger brother, Brennan, works at a restaurant. He's been around a ton of people. Mm-hmm. None of us have really been impacted. And... Um, so it's kind of one of those things where we know it's out there and we're probably exposed to us. We might have it, but we're not showing symptoms. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people forget about is that over 80% of all the people who get the coronavirus, you know, they're not, they're either going to have some kind of very minor symptoms, but it's not going to be your life or death, death deal. Mm-hmm. But for a certain small percentage, it is a major health situation and they could die so 
I think for us on the appraisal end and on the real estate end, making sure that other people don't get what we might have is equally critical to us being safe about, you know, getting it from somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I took on a, a, a ton of orders the past couple of weeks. I've kind of reduced it this week. Um, we'll kind of see moving forward. But I mean, in, ter- in terms of the peak of the pandemic, we're probably like a few, Seattle's probably a few days away from it peaking and then it should be retracing until end of June. But um, the, the peak is, is just, the, the most damage has probably already been done. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah it's, it, the numbers will still be peaking here for the next couple days or week. But, you know, it, it seems like Seattle's kind of already had the wave. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are talking about this weekend, especially. I saw a lot of people out and about, a lot of people not, you know, the majority of people, I think, are practicing social distancing. But like I was at Wilberton Park in Bellevue by the Botanical Garden, and there was two major soccer games going on. Bellevue police rolled up. There's two police cars rolled up because they were called out. But by law, they can't really do anything. The policeman said right to me, yeah, we can ask him to stop, but we can't really do anything. So it's like people are on the honor system of doing the right thing. And, you know, we want to crush this uh, virus and kind of move on with our lives. Do you think long term, like as as this proceeds into May, uh, April into May, will you be doing anything differently to protect yourself? Probably not. I mean, the the blunt answer is probably not. Probably not. You're just going to kind of keep doing your thing. You haven't really changed anything other than probably doing more inspections than normal. Because as this virus hit, we were super busy from that first big refinance boom. And then we've just been busier since. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of how you felt as well, just volume-wise? Oh yeah, this is by far the busiest I've ever been. But it this this corona has put into perspective how I treat my inspections and I you know, I take it more seriously in terms of health risks now, in terms of it kind of makes you realize, okay, I'm touching this, I'm touching this, I'm getting this close to people. You know, it kind of puts things yeah. in perspective a little bit. So I have been taking precautions in that way. I mean I, I'm fairly kind of distant as it is, because I just want to get in there and get out of there. I, you know, a lot of the homeowners want to sit and talk and, you know, do this and that. Hey, look at the mountains, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, mountains are beautiful. Yeah. But uh, moving forward, I mean, it kind of seems ignorant to say that I won't really change much, but that's kind of the reality. And I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Just not, not work or... I mean, I, I could do that, but I, I think it's safe enough to where I, I can complete my duties and it's not that big of a deal. If I was, you know, getting around a lot of people, then maybe I would consider shutting it down. But I'm not really dealing with the, all of that many people. And I do have vacant homes and I do have key boxes and stuff. So right. if, if I felt more endangered, I would probably slow things down or stop but I don't think it's that big of an issue right now. 
Have you seen any impact on values as a result of this going on? Have you had any transactions where somebody's called you up and said, hey, we're canceling this because of the virus? What kind of impact have you seen in the marketplace, if any, because it's still too early to kind of tell? What What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, like, like real estate always is, it's just such kind of a crapshoot. There's some marketplaces where things, you know, there's um, out in like Northern Crown Hill, kind of Broadview area of Northern Seattle, things are exploding. They're going way, everything's going way over list price. You know, just these little ramblers, these updated ramblers are just exploding. They're going way over list price. Like it's 2017, 2018 again. Um, there's, there's marketplaces like that where there's stuff going over list price. And then there's also stuff that's, I mean, I, I, even, even in Seattle, I would say, I, I don't know if the, the virus has had a negative impact on value per se. And I think some buyers are getting scared off and some people doing rehabs and flips and, and that kind of stuff might be a little tripped out. But I think the, the low inventory is still the leading factor in the Seattle marketplace. And I, I honestly think that Seattle's Seattle or the greater, greater Puget Sound area is just kind of an isolated marketplace in terms of the country. I just think it's, it's kind of one in, one of the own, one in its own. It's just, there's just no inventory. We still have jobs coming in and people want to live in Seattle and they want to live in the greater area and there's just no inventory. So in terms of value, I mean, we, I mean, you and I have kind of done some review of appraisals that we've done six months to a year ago. And some of those values have probably retraced a little bit and those, but those were newer, new construction. So I think maybe the, the pricing is becoming a little more realistic for those. Uh, but they, I mean, they weren't down that much. It was a little bit, but it wasn't like horrifically down. Um, question for you. What, I mean, what do you think moving forward in the next few months till maybe the end of the year, will this, will the impact of Corona be seen throughout the year? Or do you think we'll kind of just blow past it in the next month or so? What do you think? Yeah, it's going to have some impact. It's the further out markets that have a little bit more inventory on, it's going to impact those markets because people aren't going to be running out to see homes right away. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a certain segment of the population that has to have a home. They're going to make a move no matter what, and they're going to snap up what is out there. They're going to take advantage of this little bit of a lull in the marketplace. But like you know, appraising and real estate brokers just basically got the green light over the weekend from the governor. We got a clarification saying, hey, you can you can go show homes now. One broker and one buyer, you know, go inside the home at, at a time. And there's a number of restrictions. There's no open houses. There's no major gatherings. You know, basically keep your distance six feet apart when you go into a home. And those are things for appraisers as well to practice social distancing. 
So as we're going through this, I think there's going to be a little bit of impact. But like you said, there's no inventory out there. You have to have a ton of inventory on the market for it to drop and prices to drop. That's the huge difference between this slowdown, this recession that we're probably headed into, temporary mm -hmm. recession, then the last one, the 08, which was based on housing. That one had kind of a long drag going into it. This one was sudden. This was abrupt, like 9-11. So mm -hmm. I think what will happen is that there's even more pressure on the demand component of things and there's no supply and people have taken off homes off the market because they're freaked. Their sellers are freaked out. You put those homes back on, you let the buyers go back and, and take a run at things. You've mm -hmm. got a super active marketplace in a time when other businesses are absolutely decimated, just mm -hmm. shut down. I mean, you made the comment a little bit ago, and I think a lot of people that you could stop working, and a lot of people would love to be working right now. A lot of people would love to be in your scenario, but it's kind of like, uh, I think I made the comment to you yesterday, sometimes, or maybe that was Brennan, sometimes uh, it's better to be lucky than good. And in this case, on both the appraisal and the residential side of things, we got lucky because the state is allowing us to work was commercial brokers. I was texting with Kyle Sterling. He's a, a member at the Bellevue Club that I see all the time at the Bellevue Club when we're working out in the gym. And he's a commercial broker and he is completely shut down, trying to trying to do what he can from home. But he wasn't lucky in the stance that he's commercial and not residential. We're all residential and we've got a green light to go. So again, I go back to my predictions. I've made predictions long ago that we'd go back to normal by April 6th or April uh, 13th. That was met with extreme criticism um, that, Sean, I think you're crazy. There's no way we're going back. But it looks like that is probably pretty close to the time frame. I'm leaning more now towards April 13th, the day after Easter. Mm -hmm. um, I'm leaning towards that as a time frame that um, we head back. I don't think April 6th is going to happen. There's too many dates that say, no, we're, we're still going to be under this by then. You and I had a long conversation when this happened early on, and you thought my predictions were absolutely not going to happen. What do you think now? When do you think this will all get lifted? Uh, is it, isn't it correct that we are on lockdown until the end of April? Is that not a thing? No. No, end of March, and then they extended it one week past that. Oh, okay. Um, man, I don't know. Probably at least quarantine for another month. Maybe early May, you start to see things opening up. I mean, okay. you, you got to keep in mind, although it feels like everything is kind of already happened and peaked, the numbers are about to just get absolutely horrific over the next month. Numbers of uh, infections or infections, numbers of deaths? deaths both. Just right. going to be horrific. I, I mean, so, some of the states in the Midwest and the, and the South are just not taking the precautions that they need to. And the numbers are just going to be terrible. Um, some of those states, a lot of states don't even have a stay in order at place. They haven't had enough cases to warrant any kind of order. I think only about half the states or a little over half the states right now have a stay-at-home protection order in place, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy, but it tells you that this is hitting heavily populated areas versus uh, areas that are more spread out and where you haven't had the travel coming in. Mm 
Um, in terms of, do, do you, you know how we typically have a little more inventory come on at, end of spring going into summer? Is that Do you think that will still be the case or it will kind of be negated a little bit by the current situation? Or what do you think? I- I think people initially are going to be reluctant to put their home on the market. It's going to take some convincing from, you know, a real estate broker to say, hey, there is nothing on the market. Let's put your home back on. Maybe if the home is vacant and the sellers have moved on, I could see that happening pretty consistently. And then you just do a good cleaning to the house when, when uh, you know, the house goes into escrow and closes. But for people living in the home, I don't think they're going to want a bunch of strangers coming through, touching their home, while there are still active cases of coronavirus going on for quite a while. So I think that will impact things. But people who are able to put their home on the market are going to be able to take advantage of this inventory that is basically non-existent right now. Well, I I mean, it's kind of contradictory, like... Because, you know, we got the stay at home order in place and you're going to not stay at home and sell sell your place. Like it's kind of contradictory. You know what I mean? It's a it's a difficult time to make a move. But I mean, things yeah. are people are still going to be making moves and the, the low inventory, you know, maybe you've been looking to buy for a long time. And why would you stop your search now? You know, some of these people have been looking for months or maybe even years to find the perfect home that they want. And, and you know, it is a, an enormous pandemic, but they're not gonna stop their search just because of that. But I think that's kind of a, the minority of people. I think most people are just gonna kind of hang out for a little bit. And then, so maybe, maybe our inventory will pick up, but just kind of a delayed reaction, maybe like July, August kind of thing, September. Yeah, I think we go back to work in early April, mid-April, and then by May, people have kind of settled down thinking, all right, this is our this is our spring season, and that's what will happen. It will be delayed. I've, I've thought about that as well. Um, and you're right. People who have a job here that know they're going to work here in Seattle – after we've got the stay in place, the stay home, stay healthy order, after that gets lifted, those people are going to, they're going to need a home for their families. So, and, and that's where I kind of thought on the commercial side, you should be letting the commercial brokers work as well, because there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to have a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of space, I believe, that's going to change hands because there's going to be some businesses that aren't going to be able to boot back up and get going because this mm-hmm. shutdown will put them out of business. I think there's going to be yeah. a lot of restaurants that aren't going to have the financial reserves to get back up and going. And those mm-hmm. are the people that this shutdown really hurts in, in appraising. You know, you've been super fortunate to be able to kind of cruise right on through this and be, and mainly benefit from it because interest rates are really low and they're going to stay low for a while. Government isn't going to let those bump back up because we need a low interest you know rate economy to kind of get things going. So mm-hmm. I think it, there's a imagine imagine being a startup during this time or you know being involved with a startup. Yeah, just sounds just sounds really difficult. Really hairy. Yeah, yeah really difficult. Because you're making you're making judgment calls on business decisions in an environment that you don't really know much about, which is the coronavirus and and how it spreads and how it's going to react and and is it going to come back? You know, are people thinking this thing's going to come back and haunt us all? 
how do we prepare for that? Do we still not show our home? What do we do there? You know, those are kind of all the, the uncertainties that really hammer a real estate market. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of an off topic question, but probably, I mean, obviously the past five to 10 years, we've had a lot of um, kind of Asian or foreign money flood our markets here, specifically in Seattle and Bellevue. Um, a lot of that was cash. Does that make the foundation of, of those specific markets stronger than 08, 09 because they weren't bad loans? Or, or what does that look like? Because a, a lot of that money has washed up and or dried up, I should say, and that no longer exists to, to drive. Because that was a, a really leading force in driving value here. Right. Yeah. Specifically, Chinese investors, Asian investors came in and bought up a lot of real estate. But China has specifically made it much harder to get their get your money out of the country. So I think over the last year, year and a half, we've seen that kind of go away. And mm-hmm. yes, lending uh, standards are much higher now than the crash of 08. Uh, it takes a lot more to get into a home and lenders are actually verifying whether you have the income to pay this loan back or not. So that's another major difference between this slowdown that, that we might might see. And I say might because I don't think it's going to be around for very long. I think we're going to be off to the races here pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it's wildly different market between now and, you know, end of March 2020 than say August of 2007, Mm -hmm. you know, wildly different. Yeah, wildly different, yeah. And uh, you know, the the tech companies and all that were not quite as developed and or as strong as they are now. They didn't have as big a presence as they do now, that's for certain, Mm -hmm. yep, yep. All right, well, Karen, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Anything else you wanna add, Um, your experiences out there, anything strange, anything crazy? No. So basically just driving home the points, you don't really see that much of a, I mean, probably not any negative impact on pricing in Seattle. Inventory may take a little bit of a short-term to midterm reduction. But other than that, things are kind of just moving along. Business as usual. Is that kind of what you think? So that's great to hear. Yeah. Well, thanks. Sean, I, I yeah. Would, yeah, I, I would love for you to uh, make up some T-shirts that just say "business as usual." Business as usual, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should get some summit, some summit shirts. Business as usual. By the time we get those T-shirts, yeah. this will all be blown over, and everybody will be like, "Yeah, remember when we had to do all that stuff with the coronavirus shutdown?" I think that's what's going to yeah. happen, and this will just this will just blow over, and. Um, yeah, I think it just blows over and goes away. It's one of those things. So, Karen, thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know that we're trying to get through this podcast because you've got inspections and, and things scheduled. So mm-hmm. thanks so much for joining us and giving us your insight. Stay safe out there. And, uh, hey, happy birthday. Are you going to do anything for your birthday other than maybe write some appraisals? Uh, got some reports to write. Got to go do one inspection. Um, highlight of the day is going to be ordering some Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory, who has basically <laughs> said they can't pay rent. So get that cheesecake yep. while you can. Um, have a great birthday, Karen. Love you, man. We'll catch okay. you in the next one. Yep. All Thank right. You. Catch Take up care. soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.